podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James and Muff as we cover all things Celtic. Following a week of warm weather training, the Celtic squad have now said sayonara to Portugal as they now move on to Japan where they'll take on Yokohama Marinos and Gamba Osaka in pre-season friendlies this week. Muff, you've been off doing some warm weather training of your own recently, are you now suitably refreshed for the season ahead? Hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners, yes I am, pre-season's went well, uh, nice wee break with the family, thank you. Um, and I'm ready for the season ahead, albeit that I, I needed uh, I needed James's message last week of keep your head on about the signings because I was checking every day from my Spanish base <laughs> for some signings, albeit very happy at some of the contract extensions that I've seen, but none of the, the blockbuster signings that Tino had promised me were coming, so... Remains to be seen whether whether they come or whether or not what, what we've got so far, which we're going to cover, is, is, is everything. Are you nervous? But obviously, six weeks or so left of the transfer window, but only really two and a half to three weeks before we, we kick off against Ross County. Are you a wee bit anxious that there's nobody, no more in the door at this point? A wee bit, just for the point of view that I would have liked it done by now. Not, not necessarily that I think it means nobody's coming or nobody else is coming. I think geographically it's made sense that the... Korean players were going to get brought in while we were out in Asia. Um, but in terms of maybe more, we were probably expecting more established names to have been signed or to be signed. I just would have expected it to have been done by now, but I suppose I'm maybe judging things through the prism of <clears throat> qualifiers and where we've historically been, rather than where we are now and the that bit more time that we do have before things get underway so it seems it's, the noises coming out of the camper that, that Portugal was was good and went well but I would have liked to just have seen a few new faces being, being part of that that's, that's just me personally but I'm I'm not, I'm not absolutely losing the plot, but I just would have liked to, to have been done earlier Yeah, like all fans you always want to see new signings James, do you think you know the club itself had to Realign their plans for the summer Obviously nobody was really expecting the Ange news uh, And when it did land It must have made some changes to what they were looking to do In terms of you know scouting and recruitment Yeah I mean Ange would have had his plans in place In terms of where he wanted to sign for And who he was going to sign for that position From probably March onwards And they'd be working on that But then Rogers has to be Given his place to say Well actually I'm not going to go quite for that shape Out of the box so I don't need as much of that. Maybe I need more of this. And I want an extra look at that guy because I'm not too sure about him. It's all fine. Um, to Miff's point, I'm glad that I reassured you last week, Miff. Uh, I've since gone complete full circle. I'm starting to panic. Oh, my right. goodness. Just in terms of, it's more the, the injuries that have come along in the last week. So you've got John Snout, you've got Tilly out, you've got Mikey John Snout. So you could be going into uh, the first Glasgow derby with um, Anthony Allison feeding James Forrest. And I, I know it's probably no relevant, but Ajeti's turned up injured as well. Has he? Yep. When is back? I mean, you just for maybe him and Johnson maybe in the same camp in terms of it's just a, that that's gets in your way in terms of thinning the squad. Yeah, yeah that, that that's what I mean. Just he's somehow managed to come back injured. <laughs> what, 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 what was he doing? He's doing no kicked the ball. So um, the yeah. message, the message, James, tenth of July. Don't panic. Seventeenth of July, panic. Yes. Yes. Um, nah, I just. I would have expected more, just just like Miff kind of thing. You can't deny it, there's a change 
and how we did things last year. And I like you know my own comments there that Rodgers needs his time to be able to assess players, but all the information's there, all the systems are there. So make decisions when players go out and go after them. And if we can't get them, go for option two, option three. That's how it works. So I don't want to see us changing away from that. And and <laughs> the spectre of law going sign them in the last week of the window because you save six weeks worth of wages. Pierre Lawwell has nothing to do with signings nowadays, let's be clear on it. Um, the thing is, though, Brendan Rodgers only really got his senior players back seven days ago. You know, last Monday when they went out to Portugal, he's only really been able to assess, you know, his main players over the course of the last week or so. So it just makes sense that he's got a wee bit of time before he makes these big calls. And I know that the recruitment team under Mark Lawl will have various guys signed up, but I think it's right that we take just a wee bit of time to get them right. Anyway, we'll move on to that. We'll discuss that in more detail just shortly the couple of games played in Portugal James I was it Portimense or something like that very much nothing games behind closed doors and, and just for the fitness as much as anything but the games coming up this week in Japan should give us more of an idea of how Rodgers intends to set up and who's likely to feature don't they yeah can you see that was it Wednesday is the first one Wednesday Osaka. is Wednesday is Yokohama Marinos and that's an evening game out there at 11am here in Glasgow and likewise Saturday we play Gamble Osaka evening kick off there sorry is it Friday? Should have checked. Friday or Saturday, but evening kick off there at 11am here. Mm. Yeah, so th- those are the ones you want to see because the squads that have gone out in the last two games in Portugal, they're, they're just, you know, games into legs, you know, minutes into legs stuff. This is really trying out formations, trying out your Rocco Vatas and seeing have you got what it takes to step up to the first team. Maybe even trying out, it would have been a time we'd have been trying out Mikey Johnson to see, you know, have a run and let me see if you're going to make it or not. And whether, whether, however he performed would dictate the moves Johnson would be making, but he's injured now, so that, that scuppers that. Very, very sneaky of Mikey, might I say. Get himself injured so he doesn't he can't be so in the transfer yeah, window. So, Maff shook his head at me there, as you mentioned, and then Mikey Johnson, so big fan as everyone knows. But Brendan Rodgers was quoted last week saying he knows how talented Mikey is. They worked together last time out. But he made a pointed comment at the end of it. He says, but the bottom line is, you need to be available. You know, and he's, he's leaning towards the fact that if for whatever reason, and, and unfortunate as it may be for Mikey Johnston, if you can't be available for selection, then you just can't move forward. So it's it's going to be a really telling time when he comes back from injury. Just a very quick one on that. Um, the boys, as they often do, of they putting YouTube highlights of past games on, and they put the best game on. 3-2 at home, Europa League, and just yeah. first season. Did I get um, score? No. Yeah, you did. No. Um, it was Ewan Henderson. Oh, it's a game, sorry. Yeah, the away yeah, game. Yeah, home, uh, yeah, no, no, home, home, home game we won 3-2. It was all the kids were playing. Uh, Ewan yeah. Henderson, Mike, Mikey Jones was playing, Urigidi was playing. Montgomery um, and stuff like that. Aye. Uh, oh God, who else scored? Turnbull scored a penalty. And uh, Stephen Welsh. Stephen Welsh scored. And um, just now, like that, John, Johnson had played through the centre and looked really, really sharp. Uh, that was still relatively early in Angie's tenure and... I think Ange himself said before he owned him out that there, there is a player in there. But that that point that Rogers makes is the point. We all know you he's know, got the talent. You can see in these wee glimpses, no doubt if you done, you know, when you buy a player and you look at their showreel. YouTube showreel, you'd look at Johnson's and go, geez, that is a cracking player. Mm-hmm. But how 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 many games has he been available for in, in the past three years? Just just not enough is the answer. Yeah, that's that. I mean, we're, we're about two years on from that best game and he's not played a lot of football and he wasn't playing week in, week out in Portugal. That's the other thing. But we'll get back to Mikey and due course. There's no always doubt. time for Mikey Johnson no on this show. Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's episode. 
With the transfer window still open for another six weeks or so, it remains to be seen who will be coming in this summer, but we take a look at who should definitely be going out as Brendan Rodgers aims to trim his squad. Celtic might no longer be going to South Korea, but two South Koreans look like they're coming to Celtic, with an announcement looking likely this week for Yan Hyung Jun and Kwon Hyuk Kyu. Correct me if I'm wrong, Muff. Hereafter, they were known as Yang and Kwon, by the way. Uh, and we take a look at their profile and what they might add to the squad. We'll then crack on with this week's Path to Paradise, with the new feature proven popular in recent weeks. And finally, we'll close out the show by debating the possibility of a former Celt making a spectacular return to the club before the summer transfer window is up. OK, let's get the ball rolling by looking at a Celtic squad which could definitely be described as bloated at this moment in time. If you include loan players and academy players like Rocco Vata and Ben Summers, then the squad currently sits at 37 players. And if the two lads from South Korea are added as expected, then that's 39. James, generally speaking, it's not a good thing to have so many excess players about and Brendan Rodgers will be keen to get that number down as soon as he possibly can. Th- this is a significant difference in the two managers between Postcoglu and, and Rodgers. Uh, Postcoglu likes a big squad because he, he plays such intense football and he wants to have you know, at least one for every position and then a bit of cover beyond that Rodgers prefers an intimate squad 25 it's his number he likes to have really strong relationships with all the guys I think you said it uh, Tino it was like 17 at his core and he's got 8 to, to backfill where required that's that's quite a difference I, I think the way I see it going is having a really strong 22 you know a, a really really strong 17 and then you know, 5 who are covering into the 22 so you've got two teams there and I think the rest are going to be in a real focused and concentrated development phase whilst you're wiping out most of the... I don't think there's anyone coming back off loan that we want to see. Mikey Johnson, yes, we know. But anyone else, I think, you know, it's surplus to requirements. And the hardest work just now for the um, the scouting and the, the talent team is getting that cleared out, getting it off the wage bill. So it's going to be an intimate, intimate squad, but there's real work to be done in terms of moving guys out who aren't going to be playing bringing guys out in where there's improvements required. This is maybe why I'm starting to panic as such, because there's so much work to be done and there's only only scratched the surface so far. I wonder who takes the lead in terms of trying to get players out. So I don't think it's the scouting and recruitment team. They're, they're looking at who the talent is out there to bring in, but it's someone else behind the scenes and I don't know if it's a Michael Nicholson job, it's probably someone within his staff but somebody somewhere must be speaking to these various players who are surplus to requirements to say get your agent on the case here because there's there's no future Brendan Rodgers has confirmed in the last day or so that he's been having those tough conversations but he said if it's important to have those chats with the guys to let them know where they stand because the alternative is you've got a, a whole raft of players I, I don't want to say kind of stinking out the place up at Lennox Town but it doesn't make for a good atmosphere if you've got guys in the periphery who you just know won't be a part of things even if you've played at any level, there's nothing worse than go to training than no, you won't be playing at the weekend. Uh, slightly different than the professional game where you're remunerated very well. But I I don't have too much an issue with a smaller squad as long as it's packed with quality. Mm-hmm. Um, what we can't have is a smaller squad of the same as last year. So it'll be interesting to see who Rogers deems surplus to requirements and what the reasons for that may or may not be. Um, I just get the feeling that probably there's going to be a couple of established stars still move on, but I'd like us to get ahead of the game in that. If we know who they are, those discussions will already be happening behind the scenes. I've seen the Daily Record, something about Riley. 
today uh, seems uh, to be a, a, apparently absolute nonsense. A perpetual link with Betis, Betis as well over the past few, few been, days. It's been um, but dismissed. Taking that as, as an example, you know, if, if conversations like that are going on in the background, as, as long as we're ahead ahead of the game and we already know who we're looking to bring in and the, the deals are tied up, then then so be it. The interesting thing for me is there is a lot of fat that can be trimmed, but like James says, you're running out of time if you've got in excess of maybe 10, 12 players to, to move on. That's a lot of admin that needs to be done to get that done, get the deals done, keep the agents happy, keep the player happy and, and, and get them moved on, especially when you're, you know, there's time delays if you're out in Asia. Maybe guys haven't travelled and you're dealing with that back here. So just just interesting, really interesting to see who, it's key for me, is who, who are those that are deemed surplus. We'll have our own ideas and I'm pretty sure we're going to chat that through, but um, interesting interesting for me really interesting yes yeah, so I think we'll do let's just get stuck right into it so what I'll do here I'll quickly run through the current squad just to remind us all eh, of the personnel that we've got at our disposal and we can then debate who stays and who goes of the of the players that that I mentioned what I'll do Miff, uh, I'll cut through the squad just very quickly in terms of who we've got available so goalkeepers three goalies Joe Hart Benji Segrist Scott Bain defenders ten at the moment Alistair Johnson what's up Benji Benji I didn't have enough characters left to write Benjamin in the, the wee field on uh, no, the Excel spreadsheet. Goes by that anyway. um, just just yeah. for the benefit of those listening, James's spreadsheet is colour coded. Excellent. For my, for my specs. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely specs. Excellent. And he's colour blind as well, Matt, so that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> oh, lovely. Uh, back to the squad. So, defenders, we've got 10 Alistair Johnson, Greg Taylor, Carl Starfelt, Yuki Kobayashi, CCV, Bernabe, Osazi Urogide, Tony Ralston, Stephen Welsh, Liam Scales. Midfielders, 11, currently part of the squad. Ishmael Sorrow, David Turnbull, Odin Thiago Home, new signing, James McCarthy, Mikey Johnson, Tomoki Iwata, Liam Shaw, Matt O'Reilly, Rio Hatati, Callum McGregor and James Forrest. And forwards, there's seven. Uh, Kyogo, Siad Haksabanovic, Albin Ayeti, Leah Labada, O, Marco Tillio, Dyson Maeda. Two, two other guys to be confirmed as Yang and Quan that we've mentioned earlier on. There's also a few academy players you might add to that mix. Rocco Vata, Ben Summers, Boston Lavell, who on an ongoing basis are now part of the first team squad. And out on loan at this moment in time is Yusuke Ediguchi, Johnny Kenny and Adam Montgomery. Recent exits include Jota, Aaron Moy, Vasilis Barkas and Con- Connor Hazard. So lots of bodies there. A lot of guys that you might even have forgotten about. So straight off the bat, is there anyone that you'd be saying just needs to go, just no longer part of the, the operation? The, the obvious ones are Ajeti, Soro, um, Uregide and Shaw would just go down as bizarre signings, really. Pre-Ange. Yeah. Pre-Ange, you know, kind of taken for Sheffield Wednesday's reserve team. It was never really quite explained what the, the thinking would be, what we brought the two of them in for pre-season. I know we were thin in numbers, but they were loaned out pretty much immediately as well, weren't they? It seemed they were brought in as project players, but they just they never really got a chance nah, to show nah. what they have. Um in fact, did they both play that night against Betis that you mentioned? Yes. I think they did. Yes. Uregidi in particular. So, right. U- did okay. Um, Shock him off the bench. Interesting one for me, James McCarthy. Just doesn't seem to have been a lot of chat about him leaving. Um, so he, he's got a four-year deal and he's quite like, this is quite comfy. I'm pumped next to my folks. I'm, am- I'm amazed at the amount of folk that bought the the fake announcement that was doing the rounds last, oh, last week. Yeah. So they put out the new yeah. deal for McGregor and all that stuff and... Off the, off the back of that somebody's mocked up a new deal for James McCarthy here till 2028 or something <laughs> you guys going 
Well, you know, you see, he must, he must have something. Like, come it on, it makes sense in Rogers we trust. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> hope he gets a run of games. Aye, and like like a lot of us, really hopeful that James McCarthy would have done something to Celtic, but it just oh. doesn't seem to have worked out. But you can see why he's not in a rush to move anywhere because he'll be getting well paid at Celtic, and anything else would be a, a serious dip in wages unless they can find compromise and get him out on loan somewhere. But well, I think if you if you look at Moy's unfortunate retirement, but ended they were no paying his wages and a. Pretty sure we'd have paid them decent wages coming for China, established international <coughs> player. Barkas on the way out, Jota gone, Fisela Jetty, Soro moved on McCarthy as well. That's a considerable dent in the wages. Yeah. I mean, James, what, what I'm really clear just in this section overall is to clarify the players that you definitely think should be leaving this summer, and Miff's given his opinion, so keep me here yours in a second. Also, the guys who are still on the maybe list, you know, might have something to prove. Maybe it's somebody like Urugiri, you can tell me in a minute. And finally, I just want you to name potentially, you know, one player who you think might turn it around and, and may still have a future at Celtic against all the odds. So who's the, the definite exits for you, James? I mean, the easiest way is, is to say if you weren't at Celtic last year, if you were on loan, don't come back. There's no one that's, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Mikey with a new manager there, so, right? So do you want to rattle through the rest of the guys on that list? And the, so, Barkas, Ajeti, Soro, uh, Toby Ubalemi was out in Cork City, I Scales, Aberdeen, I didn't know he'd come back. Um, I thought they should have signed him. Montgomery, Who? Scales, he's back. Signed him? Oh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen should have signed him. him. Um, Montgomery, Idiguchi, Urugidi, Shaw, Kenny, and then you've got, you went, it was already away to Dunfermline, he paid some kind of fee for him. So, them for a start I just don't see anyone any of them in my future at Celtic uh, in terms of guys you're probably you know would consider first team last year or around the squad last year for me to go uh, Segrist big big disappointment he's offered nothing hasn't he aye you know we're, we're having to you know put Scott Bain in you know at Hibs and stuff like that in the season just it was really his attitude seems to be all over the place in terms of being a professional footballer so it. Uh, Welsh with her very very best wishes you know a, a great guy just not going to quite make it I think McCarthy we've already discussed Turnbull Scott Robertson's already away and Mikey Johnson to your last question <laughs> Turnbull just casually chucked in there it's not casually I've been saying for two years <laughs> just dropped him in there <laughs> to, to your last question of who could maybe turn it around Mikey and, and uh, Turnbull just to see what Rogers could do with him but they need to do it pretty quick. It's, it's impressed me, not me, Press Rogers, very, very highly, you know, like, blow my away before the end of the transfer window or beat yeah. Of the various names you've mentioned, I don't think anyone would argue too much about those lads making the exit, but I agree, Turnbull and Mikey Johnson are the interesting ones, particularly the, the Mikey Johnson link with Rogers. He knows the player. Because they're both talented. Yeah. You know, there's no denying that. Interesting one for me is Burnaby. Uh, I... I'm not convinced on him as a left back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he actually got moved position and showed to be a very useful. He's not. He's not far away from part of the squad. Mikey, for me, in terms of you can definitely see there's something there, and it's he's obviously early in Celtic career. Mikey's had a long time to to show us, and he hasn't. <clears throat> Burnaby deserves the, the time to show us. I mean, if I was to you know put you on the spot for a, a surprise package, so is that who it would be for you, Burnaby? It's not quite happened in year one at Celtic. Do you think he could? Yep. That, turn around the doubters that, that'd be the one for me I mean I'm, I'm personally not completely convinced by him certainly not at left back but I've seen enough 
and um, there is a bit of flair in there. Mm-hmm. So if harnessed in the right way, can we play him in a different position? Also, I think it's important that it must have been a difficult environment for him to come into. Coming for was it Brazilian football? He was, he was playing in. He's Argentinian. Or was it Argentinian football? Was it, it was. I thought yeah. it was, was Lanas in Argentina. I think. So, um, but anyway, South American football, and he's came in. You know, learning how to play Angie's style in a position that's probably not his natural position, different culture, all those things. I think he's worth another six months just to see if he takes Aye, it. That'd give him the season. Yeah, for sure. So with David Turnbull, it's a bit more pressing because he enters the last year of his contract. So I suppose for him, it's stick or twist time. He either gets some reassurances from Rodgers and signs a new deal and steps up, or maybe... I mean, if his agent is doing his job, and I think he changed the agent in the last year or so, didn't he? Changed to Christie's agent. If his agent is doing his job, he's certainly keeping his options open for, for Turnbull. How do you think that's going to play out? I think he will go. I think all things point towards that. He's 25 now, I think. He just turned 24 on the 10th of July. Was it? Got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Just turned 24. So, wait another year. He's 25. A lot of football to be played after that. But I think all parties will be going, yeah, it's it's time now. My, my gut is that he will go. But I'm just curious to, to see what Rodgers thinks he could do with him. Contractually, he's in a position at Celtic that we don't want to be in and we won't get ourselves into. So, it's like, you know, impress and sign an extension or... You go with best wishes. What I think is really quite interesting about the way the squad's currently sitting. So with Ange, he rigidly stuck to this 4-3-3, and I mean specifically the midfield here. You knew you had one sitting midfielder, and it was always Callum McGregor, and you had your two options further up, and it was more often than not Hattati and O'Reilly, and then Moy came in and, and had an impact there. Moving forward, Rogers, I think generally sets up 4-2-3-1. We might be surprised he may change that, and we might see something of that in Japan in the coming days, but. Generally speaking, he sets up 4-2-3-1, which means there's space for two sitting guys. Now, Quan, who we'll get on to in a minute, the new signing, looks like he's a, a real number six and he fancies his chances there as well if you listen to his quotes, which we'll get into. So maybe something like that sits alongside McGregor or, as we've discussed, maybe McGregor goes more advanced like he used to under Brendan Rodgers and there's a space for two guys to sit there. Now, you might then have David, David Turnbull who might slot into that. You might have a water, and all of a sudden your midfield looks very different. And it's not just the with Andrew, the team was almost picking itself, and there was no road in for a turnbull. That's the thing. I've I've done a quick sketch out, you know, a kind of a first eleven, and I've I've gone for that. Uh, Q and Cal Mac as you're sitting too. It then just makes it really really tight for space in the the last four. You know, your your three one position. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Kyogo obviously is going to be your one at the moment. Um, but then see me go. Who's going to be left and right of? Got to be Hatati, right? You know, he's you, you can't leave talent like Hatati on the bench for me. So, if you go for that four two three one, which I think is, is very feasible, then there's a lot of talent going to be on the bench, and maybe that's what Rogers wants. You know, real competition in there for your four attacking spots. Yeah, what I think will be interesting, Miff, is that the system does create space for a, a number ten, and everyone loves yeah. a ten, eh? And whether it is somebody like Hatati playing more advanced. Or Hacks Abanovic, who I think you're excited about. Or even somebody else that comes in. But, we're, you know, we're signing guys for the front line. Marco Tillio, when he gets back from injury, could be that guy. Um, you know, the, the various guys could slot in that role, and that's quite exciting. Yeah, I think, um, of what I've seen, of Tillio, I'd say Tillio and Hacks Abanovic are, are fairly similar. Where they play, just try to go on the half turn, find that wee bit of space. Rogers' teams, in his first stint as, as manager at Titans, were a bit pedestrian. Um, but that was main due to the 
personnel. The personnel that he had at his disposal, you know, somebody like say, say Rogic, for example, who great great with the ball and beats not necessarily a dynamic player as such. Brown was playing, you know, McGregor was the dynamism in the, in the midfield at, at times. I, with these players, you know, point point. Roger's system, maybe even a squad that's more fitted to his system than he had originally. I don't know if, if, that, if that would be an accurate description, but I just I find it very, very intriguing as to will, will he stick with that, given that what Ange's done has worked so well domestically. I think Rogers, Rogers being Rogers, will come in and want to play his way. That that's probably the answer to that, to be honest. But. The balance of the midfield is is very interesting on that basis because McGregor has shown he's so adept at that position, he effectively, you know, trained himself in, in, in a completely different position than what he'd played before. He was more sort of just off the left attacking midfielder for for Rogers. Um, for Angie was his main man. He, it was Angie Scott Brown really, pretty much. I I I don't know. I, I would imagine, but we're not signing. Um, we're not signing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want to get it in Quan. We're not signing Quan to come and sit on the bench. I wouldn't imagine. No. But again, it's probably got to take a wee bit of time for him to get up to speed. So in the meantime, would he would he straight away be a starter? See, we, see, we got to think about when you're mapping this out in your head or, or in paper, uh, or whatever. Well, uh, You've right. got to think it goes from four two three one to three four three in attack. So the player, you know, probably Calmac, I would say. If Quan stays back, then Calmac goes forward, you know, and, ah, yeah. and lets it. So, yeah. so you need more versatility well, you, to attack. You can be versatile. I suppose you've got a six and an eight. Letting Cham used to kind of yeah. play like an eight when he played. Um, just uh, interesting. I think what we do, ha- what we do have, is we have the the what's the word I'm looking for? Versatility. The versatility. That's exactly the word I was. I was going to say diversity, but I thought that's uh, yes. nonsense. Um, <laughs> We do have the versatility in there of players to play those different positions and somebody as intelligent as McGregor can play any position in that midfield, which straight away solves a huge problem for Rodgers because, you know, if Quan comes in and needs a bit more time, McGregor can go and be the six, whilst you've got O'Reilly that can be the eight, Hattie that can be the ten, Turnbull can be the eight, etc. Haksabanovic, I would love to see get played centrally, but to be fair, as much as I love him, Especially with that new haircut, I can see why Aksabanovic would would maybe be one of these players in training that would be running about like Paddy McCourt, skinning folk, doing everything brilliant. He just looks a bit over eager when he's getting on the park. Now, part of that's maybe to do with the fact he's only getting twenty minutes to impress. And he's trying to do his whole repertoire when he gets the, gets in. I think it would be interesting if a new manager comes in like Rogers, trusts him, plays him, starts him, and gives him that run of games. I think you might get that maverick that we all hoped he would be rather than just those flashes that we've seen and that's all it's been so far, let's be honest, flashes. Aye, I think that's got to be seen as the huge plus for Rodgers or anyone coming in. It's the whole fresh slate thing. So whether it's Haksabanovic, David Turnbull, uh, Bernabe at left back, there's all these guys who it's not quite happened for so far despite the fact you can see their talent and I think the new manager's going to at least give them a chance to prove themselves. Benji Segrist. Benji, my good mate. Um... What's also interesting, if you've, you've debated how much change Rogers may or may not make, but the bottom line is, and somebody mentioned in our YouTube comments and they were spot on, he says, 
Celtic haven't made him the highest paid manager in Scottish football to come in and adopt somebody else's ideas. It's just not how it goes. And we know how Rodgers works and he completely backs himself and rightfully so. He's a talented coach and I think he's going to come in and make his own changes 4-2-3-1 and otherwise, James. Listen, this is a debate that will you know rumble on amongst fans over the next few weeks but with 40-odd players or nearly 40-odd players it's, it's something that, that definitely needs to be trimmed down pretty soon. Any final comments on it, James, before we move on? Uh, just that there's a lot of work to be done <clears throat> in all aspects of the squad. Um, the guys are all well paid. They're all very good at their jobs. You know, behind the scenes, it's time to sh- make your money. Shows what you can do. Yeah, definitely. So I think to support Rogers, some guys behind the scenes need to be helping him out and helping him trim that squad. So we've spent a bit of time there on who may be heading for the exit at Celtic Park, but two players that seem almost certain to be coming the other way are South Korean youngsters Yan Hyun Jun and Kwon Hyuk Kyu. As I say, my Yang and Kwon will do from now on, and that is tricky. Uh, the suggestion is that confirmation is imminent on both of them signing and that they'll then both go on to join up with the squad over in Japan. Miff, as is the case with our first two signings of the summer, Odin Thiago Holm and Marco Tilio, these lads are young. They're a similar age profile at 21 and 22 respectively. Do you think they'll be signed as project players or will Rogers be looking for them to make an impact right away? Keep it in mind, James has already got Quan in his team of the season. Get both of them. Just as a defend, defensive kind of thing. He's got Quan and... I've just taken Yang out. I've had oh, Yang, back in. Yang, all right, Yang's been dropped. Sorry, it's, a, it's a very fluid sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's, he's let me down the last 10 minutes that, that, that YouTube video just wasn't cutting it um, <laughs> it didn't I, I think I think somebody like Telio can make an impact pretty readily because I, I would say the A-League's a, a decent standard and he's played a lot of games despite being was it 23? 20, 21 21 um, so I think I think he'll play um, Odin's wee bit younger came for a league which would probably be regarded as a bit less established he might take a wee bit more time and I think we saw that with Ayer as well Ayer only really flourished he came in young and only really flourished after a long period so he might he might take a wee bit longer to get up to speed and come to the boil um, Quan and Yang I mean Quan certainly seems to have a fair bit about him just the way that he's, he seems a bit of presence a physical sort Tark- of guy um, six foot three and, and, and he just says I'll take the ball off you and give it to somebody I, better than me I, everybody that's kind of seen him play and, and mention him seems to think that he's ready already made fit for the Scottish League so I, I would imagine he would be someone who'd come more or less first team ready Yang as wingers often do confidence players maybe a bit slighter more about pace take a wee bit well, a, wee, a wee bit longer to get up to speed I, I would imagine just typically as as, as they often can um, so I, I think those signings are great because that's the model and that has to continue you know, if these guys have another good season, they then go with out, out of their reach in terms of budget, wages, and and they move to England or Italy or somewhere like that. We we need established players, but when you look at actually the numbers here, and for those that aren't watching on YouTube, um, my esteemed colleague James has made up a delightful spreadsheet here of um, of the existing squad. If we add established players to that, it then just begins to look properly bloated. So. Depends what you move out. Something, something has to give. Um, but the fact remains, we we need first team ready players to improve the starting eleven. Where where are they going to come from? I don't believe maybe one out of that four you mm-hmm. you could say you can take a chance on to put in. We need someone who we know, we know, when we play Ross County that when we put them in the team, the team's got to be better for it. Even more so, Miff, when we move into that Champions League this, genre. So you've you've yeah. used the term first team ready and yep, first team ready slash proven talent. 
And I think that's what we need. So we've brought, I'm, I'm equally excited about the four young guys that we've brought in that we've mentioned just there. I think they've all got something to offer by the sounds of it. I like their profile. It very much sits with the model. But we also need a wee bit more than that. And what would make for a perfect window would be getting those four in and maybe just a couple of, of key players who are maybe 24, 25 rather than 21, 22 who have played at a level or at least have shown that they've got something about them. So I tell you what I'll do, I'll give you a bit of a fact file on Yang before coming to you for your comments on him, James. So he turned 21 in May. His birthday's the 25th of May, no less. Not, not a particular reason to sign him, but interesting all the same. Uh, Position-wise, he's a winger slash attacker. He's joining from Gangwon FC in the K-League for a fee of around about £2 million. And he gave an unemotional farewell to them on the pitch after their draw at the weekend. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but they drew with FC Seoul at the weekend. And they thanked the crowd very emotionally for, for what they'd given him on the platform, they'd given him as a club. Uh, he also says he's been in constant contact with O over the last few weeks about life in Glasgow and what that might be like. So you might have seen, James, the impressive highlight reel that we've all seen on YouTube in recent days, but he does look like he'll come in and provide another decent option in the wide areas. He, he looks okay. I think the, the reel looks okay. He's certainly not blown me away. Um, Telio looked a more exciting prospect. Same age. This Both signings, or certainly making two of those signings, doesn't make sense to me if you're signing to level up in Europe and Champions League. If you're signing to develop, great. You know, that, that's a, a great road to go down. We need to wipe out, obviously, the 12 guys that are floating about, you know, like Deadwood stuff. But when you say wipe out, you mean sell? Either way. Either <laughs> way, I'm happy, you know. Um, that does give you the space to say, right, you know, let's understand where you are. We're going to put you in an intensive development programme over the next 12 months and we expect you to be first team, you know, absolute first 11 in 12 months' time, but not just now. The, the ambition two months ago at the end of the season was, right, let's level up for the Champions League. We all knew it. We all knew that was a plan. That can't change. So is signing a load of you know, young prospects, and I think that's what they are, really going to take us in, into you know, a different level in the Champions League and really push Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and all these things? I don't think it does. I think they're signings strong, strong signs required well yeah. outside these guys. I think we can only have that debate in five, six weeks' time though when we see what they do in addition to this. Listen, if, if the window closes... the question is, aye, is, is this the work yeah. for then or is this the work? But that, that being the case, why sign them if you're going to sign someone more established than them in three, four weeks' well, time? Well, I, I tell you why sign them. Myth makes the point. If they go and have another season or so at their current clubs, they maybe come out of our reach. Celtic need to get them when they're not quite the finished article. So if you can get those four guys and develop them in the background yep. and over the next four, five, six weeks add a couple of Champions League quality players then I'm all good with that So am I but the question is where do you play them? Are you going to play them you know, in the Bernabeu in two months time? Well the hope is probably not right. you, you possibly have them on the bench or within the squad but the new guys that should hopefully come in the next four weeks are the guys that you play in the Bernabeu So if these guys are, are circling into that, into that intense development programme that I think would be a great thing for Celtic to have I'm all for it. If they're signing these as first team, I think that's a dangerous road to go down. Can, can you write down intense development programme? <laughs> I want I want to know who's who's and going in there. I, the I, the I, I want to know who's going in there. And you're may you're I say, going in there. And may I say, I need, I need to say this right, because obviously I'm just back, I've been on holiday. I am loving the summer look. <laughs> oh, shaved head, rolled up, shot. He's just looking the epitome July. Superb, mate. Thanks, John. Superb. No, I love, like it. love it. Thank um, you. But as I say, you know, going... Back to proper stuff, Muff. You can only really um, have this discussion in the next few weeks when we see exactly what they're bringing in. I, I get your points. You've gone 
full steam ahead away from your no panic <laughs> last week I've got to say you're really at the opposite <laughs> end of the scale 12 guys getting wiped <laughs> I suppose with, with two years of every signing made sense and there's just some things don't make why sign two 21 year old right wingers when none of them are really going to be your first team choice maybe we're about to lose a badder for example you never know that, that that's the bit I think that but, but the, comes que- but the question us. sorry John the question was we want to level up from a badder to someone who's going to cut it at the Champions League not let a badder go and sign two 21 year olds I think, yeah, yes, but I think that there will always be this. See those signings, there will always be that. I think, if you, if you think about it from a PR point of view, I hate to spin it into that, but that tends to be what happens tit for tap. Celtic and Rangers, Rangers had to do their business before us because they've got caught, am I right in saying that? They've oh, I have plenty, yeah. Um, whereas we don't really need to do that which means Rangers would need to go and do their business earlier and the law was that we gap for us to go and do ours and say oh look at our shiny new players who are Champions League ready or whoever those things tend to matter in Glasgow this time of year I'm not saying that's specifically the reason why I think these deals these types of deals younger players that are to be developed I don't necessarily think as I say I think Tilio's Maybe not been bought as a Jota replacement, but I think he's been brought that it's feasible day, he yeah. could start yeah, in place of Jota and in games within the next three to four months. I, I have to believe that bigger and better signs are to come because if they're not, then I think that would look really but, bad on the board to bank the money we've banked yeah. and not have those. But, but then uh, it goes back to the point where are we expecting that money to land? No. No. Does that change then? But, but take, take the Jota situation out of it. The overarching thing here is no one tore away to Spain and said to Brendan Rodgers, we're going to send you a load of development guys. Good luck in the Champions League. Come on back. And he's went, I am into that. Ah, yeah. Brent, so, Brendan, enough, we've, we've got Yang coming in and Quan. <laughs> Do you fancy this? Aye. But I think you're right. And, and it's a good debate to have and it's there's various interesting elements of it. But I think ultimately we can only really make the fair assessment of it come 1st of September when the window closed and we say... Yep, we got those four guys in early and then, listen, I'd be amazed if Celtic don't add... There would be sharks in the car park. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be amazed if they don't add quality, you know, known quality over the next few weeks. I, I was in the Balerics but didn't get an invite to the... To, to Brendan's pad. To the, the pad in New York. I was disappointed. He was, he was at the country. He was at the country. Yeah, um, we'll do it. J- James, I'll give you... In fact, I'll give it to you, if the, the fact fell on Quan, just as we kind of round up the chat on those two lads. So, Quan's slightly older. He turned 22 in March. He's a defensive midfielder, number six, as we talked about. Standing at six foot three, so big lad. Uh, he's joining from Busan Park, who currently play in the K2 League, so the second tier of South Korean football. And Anthony Joseph, he's confirmed that we're getting him for around about 850 yeah. grand. So real value to be had in that market if they're going to become good players, of course. Um, he's been dubbed the K-League's version of Rodri, so, so that's nice. So let's see how that goes. And he's quoted in the last 24 hours as saying, and you might have seen this doing the rounds, I'll become the best player at Celtic and then I'll go to a higher place such as the German Bundesliga or the English Premier League. I'm alright with that. Some people are stressing, oh, what's that? But he's already pitching himself. See if you've got the confidence to say, I'm going to come here and be the best kid in town and move on in two years. Are you telling me he's not a born and bred Celtic fan? <laughs> that is just outrageous. Quan, what? Did you go Celtic when you played Sabuto as a kid? <laughs> exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm all for that, Muff. He sounds a confident lad and if he comes and impresses and moves on, that's the model, that's where we're at. 
Well, we're going about the model, but that, that's just somebody confirming that that's the reason that's what's been sold to them. Yes. You know, the, the, mm. the whole when Celtic have been speaking to him, it'll be Celtic telling him that. Mm-hmm. Not not him saying that that's what his dream is. It may very well be, but Celtic will be saying, we can make that happen. So, rather than be sold the, the dummy of, yeah, this guy's, you know, grown up in Seoul as a red hot Celtic fan. His dad founded the Soul Celtic Supporters Club, all that nonsense. No, we're getting somebody here. The reason for him moving is his ambition to go on and play at a higher level. There will be a timeline on that. He will come, we'll improve him, and hopefully he'll get his move. No more heroes, only assets. Yes. <laughs> cold, cold man. I, I need to be cold. I need to be cold. I was, um, sent, I was sent a picture of Andrew on the pitch at the Wacker the day, uh, and I was absolutely heartbroken. Heartbroken. <laughs> so, no. I, I, this heart is not built for loving anyone. <laughs> um, just in terms of Quan, and obviously you've slotted him in James to your potential eleven. There is various, um, you know, there, there are, or there will be various debates as to where he'll fit. Could it be alongside Kalmak? Would it nudge Kalmak forward? Would he then sit in alongside Awata? You know, oh, what Awata it, is a big question. Awata came in on a very similar profile, yeah. and that's a concern that maybe they've seen that he's not going to work. I've they, still would, got, they wouldn't have locked him in I've still got high hopes that he's going to be so a talent for us so we need to see how that goes I, I, I think so I've, I've seen enough in Awata but I think that is a yeah. we, we've seen most of Awata and Kobayashi to be fair when <laughs> Ange was sitting doing his crossword and going can I wait to move to London Yeah. so you can't really judge him in those four or five games at the tail end of the season after Hearts you've also just if you look back um, I'll read off some players here James McCarthy Yusuke Adaguchi Oliver Abelgard Awata and now Kwon it seems that Celtic have been trying for a while to nail down that defensive central midfield position. They have, and now, I mean, as much as Rodgers has tried and tested with a 4-2-3-1, I think Andrew's heading that way for Europe, not necessarily in the SPFL, but in Europe. So the personnel doesn't really change in terms of what we're looking for. I think we've, we're starting to get to a point where the personnel are, are there. I mean, of the showreels I've seen, and we know what they are, you know, showreels are showreels and all that stuff, Raphael Shite. It's he, he's the one that looks most like the combative number six, real number six, not interesting number eight, just breaking up play, getting the ball and giving it to somebody else. It, it looks a good prospect. Yeah. I, I actually really like to look at Abelgard. Um, I mean that in, in terms of what I'd seen and his profile and all, all those types of things. But I think it was more a fitness thing with him. He just couldn't quite go up to those fitness levels that, for the intensity that was, that was needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, but, but, but a lot, as you say. I, you know the fact he'd, he'd been moved to centre half was was an odd one for me. <laughs> I attribute that to Angie's head already being just like well I, at the just, door. Whatever, I, 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 I just I, I just, I just speak to Callum yeah. see see where he want to play. Um, but I'd, I'd seen enough where I, what I liked about Awat was he was straining to make angles for his teammates when he played in central midfield. Yep. Which I think is really, really important. I think that's something that Rodgers will just absolutely love. You know, a guy who's lo- always looking to be available. Much like McGregor does as well. So if you've maybe got him a lot and McGregor solidifying the midfield. What what was very obvious was we were a bit too easy to play through in the Champions League. We were, we were playing against good teams, right? Admittedly playing against good teams. But that was the one thing that that, that transition, as they call it, counter-attack as it used to be called back in the day. It was we were just getting played through pretty much constantly all the time, and we just need to be a bit more solid centrally. Um, and and the thought of a lot and McGregor in there for me that's that's good, but you need that dynamic element as well. And and with Hatati, 
my biggest issue with Hattati is Hattati could absolutely be that if he wanted to. He just wants to play the game at walking pace all the time. He's just so happy to get the ball and, you know, casually skin somebody and then just roll a five-yard pass instead of go and drive 10 yards with the ball and see if he can create a bit of space and play a pass through. I mean, he does it, but he does it Slowly. by exception rather than just... To me, Hattati could be... Well, I already think he's brilliant, but he could be a, an absolute superstar if he just added that that dynamic element to his game. So if, if the number 10, I think Hattati is the obvious one, but if it's not going to be him, maybe that's where, you know, Tilio, Haxabanovic, whoever might come in, will, will still need that dynamic element. Someone who is going to run beyond Kyogo, that's really the key here. Mm. I, I think if you look, just we need to move on from this topic quite quickly, but if you look at what Celtic have got in terms of defence and midfield, there's a good solid base there that you might be okay with right now, but see if they were to add in terms of this really first team ready Champions League quality, if they had a number nine and a number 10 and they were top draw and closed the window tomorrow on that, I think you'd be pretty happy. If you've got someone to do that 10 for you and someone to supplement what Kyogo's doing up front with O maybe still learning a bit. The one other concern um, I'd want to raise before moving on here is that obviously Yan and Kwon will have aspirations of playing with the South Korean team. There's an Asian Cup coming up on the 12th of January. It lasts for just about a month. The final's on the 10th of February. I knew that. Celtic, I bet you did. Celtic have got five or six Japanese players that could potentially be involved. Now, it's, you know, certainly we know that Hatate, Maeda and Kyogre are already established, but there's potential for the others. Telio's established. Marco Telio, Australia are in that, and South Korea. So Celtic could feasibly lose up to about eight or nine players. You've got Rangers games in January and, and various other um, you know, tough fixtures at that moment in time. Go, they probably go away late December, don't they? For squad stuff They certainly won't be part of anything yeah. You know early January So you've got Owen Kyogo That will almost certainly be away And at the moment We've nobody to replace him So that's a concern And the two other lads coming in As I say They'll have aspirations Of going away with South Korea So it's just something To keep an eye on It's great to bring talent in But such as the You know the The pearls of shopping In the, the global market There's things like this That come into play But if Rogers is making The you know Tight intimate squad Of real real quality then we can probably handle that. If you've got a big, big squad and the gap between the first team and the second string is really, really vast, then it's a problem. If the gap between, you know, Alistair Johnson and, and Ralston says maybe a wee bit too big than, than we prefer, but if it's between Tilly and Abada, less so. Yeah, but listen, very important times ahead over the next few weeks and if in doubt, just take James's advice of don't panic, but panic a wee bit. Don't panic, but panic next week. Panic next week, yep. that's plenty of time yep. for that. Murph, let's move on to Path to Paradise. So you'll be glad to know that we've kept things going with that in your absence. Uh, James and Paddy nailed it last week and correctly identified the career path of Reading, Leicester City, Inverness Cali, Aberdeen, Celtic Aberdeen. Is that of... Sorry, repeat that. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not repeating. I can't remember. It's Johnny Hayes, right? Uh, obviously, you tuned in to the show last week from your base in no, Spain. I'm, I'm halfway through. Halfway through. Halfway through. Now's the time. Anyway, for anyone who hasn't played along before, I'll tell you the clubs a player has played for before he's moved to Celtic, and we'll also name any teams he then went to after he left. And all you need to do is name the player in question. Are you ready for this week's teams? Yes. Yes. Okay, it's a relatively short list this week. And remember, I'll give you the clues. You lads have a think. I'll read out the next wee bit. So the teams in question are Newcastle, Hibs, Celtic, Wigan. So have a wee think, I'll come back to you on it in a moment. While the lads are trying to work that one out, I want to let you know about Celtic 321, which is our new weekly email that we send out completely free every Tuesday. Celtic 321 is a punchy roundup of the most important Celtic news that week. It takes less than two minutes to read and includes three articles, two videos and one quote from the week in Celtic. 
If you're really quick, you'll better get signed up in time for this week's edition. To do so, just visit our website where you'll see the sign up option on the homepage, or alternatively, just click the link that we've included in the show notes for this episode. And remember, you can explore Celtic 321 and all of our additional content, including the Celtic Exchange Plus, right now at the CelticExchange.com. Muff, I've seen you doing your celebratory dance. James, has it been too easy for you? No, it was a hard one. What you got? I think it's a guy who holds certainly maybe a joint record of most goals against us in Europe and he's got a massive heat. I was just going to say, biggest napper ever to play with Celtic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll get it beeped out, but spot on with that one. Are you finding it too easy? No, that was hard. That was yeah. hard. Yeah. I, 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 I hadn't landed on it. I thought you'd have got it. Yeah. I, I hadn't landed on it. Yeah. So I'll do. I'll, I'll play about with it. I'll maybe make it kind of, you know, longer I'd ones. Maloney, but I was like, no, Maloney came through at Celtic. I was yeah. working my way back. Yeah. When, obviously, I'm just, uh, I'm just delighted you lads have got three in a row. Really pleased about that. So I'll you crank it up. <laughs> it's getting, just getting trapped, isn't it? I'll crank <laughs> it up a notch moving forward. Uh, okay, so we're going to close out this week's show by discussing a potential transfer rumour that just refuses to go away, and it's one that Brendan Rodgers himself refuses to rule out. So I'm talking about the possibility of Kieran Tierney returning to the club this summer, four years after he left Celtic in 2019, even if it were just for a loan spell. So before I get any Brendan Rodgers quotes on the matter, Miff, what's your initial thoughts on that? Yes. But, but also no. Yes, if it works for everyone. Um, but I, I don't think... You know, the days of the, the mega star loan signing, I thought, were, were gone because it just doesn't really fit with how we how we operate. But, but and the big but to that is, we've spoken about bringing in established Champions, Champions League ready stars into the team. To sign for you? Yes, to sign for you, but for the start of the season, if Kieran Tierney's playing at left back, your, your team's improved. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. Now, Greg Taylor has been excellent, and I think, you know, looking at that squad list, Especially given Johnson's injury, I think probably would be looking at a right and a left back as well if we were if we were really wanting to improve the squad. Given Burnaby's not really established himself even as a competent number two yet, so for me, it would make sense in the short term. It's that kind of tantalising. Here's what you could have had. He comes back for a year, plays great, and then goes away again. Listen, I'd I'd, I'd be all for it just because I think I think he's brilliant. I love him. He's a local lad as well. Local as he's he's the kind of local hero. Um, got to live his dream he's in down to Arsenal I think he's done well I think he's been a bit hard, hard done by not to have played more football because I, I think personally I think he's a better player than Zinchenko but that is what it is his manager obviously did, I think it's because his manager thinks he's maybe a bit too brittle to play the, the amount of games that's required down there and he had to bring in somebody else who could play the majority of the games and then use Tierney be exception would Tierney be able to come up here on loan and play a full season who knows, he always seems to turn up and do really, really well for Scotland. Uh, you know, playing against really good opposition. So, I'm, I'm going to say yes, because I love him. And I think he's a cracking player. But I wouldn't be absolutely devastated if it didn't happen, because I would understand why, because it just doesn't fit with what we're trying to do as a club moving forward. But, but I always thought what would happen is he'd make another move, see out his contract and come back. He will come back to Celtic one day, I believe. Truly, James Muff makes really good points here in terms of the pros and cons, and it isn't a, you know a straightforward uh, question. You know, it's, it's a decent one to be debating here. My stance on it, though, very generally, is if you can get a guy who has quality in the door, even if just for twelve months, then you do it. You know, if the Celtic board can make it happen, loan deal or otherwise, and you get him in, and the biggest reason for doing so 
at this moment in time is the importance of being in next season's Champions League. If Kieran Tierney comes up and does what we know he can do and ensures that Celtic win the title for a third season running and we get into that all-important new Champions League next season with a guaranteed £60 million and whatever comes on top of that in bonuses, then it's got to be worth doing, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm torn on it because absolute quality and that's the level of player we want. The loan thing, and you know, as much as I'm saying it myself there, if my question, I suppose, really is what are the scouting team doing behind the scenes that they haven't managed to identify someone who's suitable for us instead of making a loan signing? Or is it we've got someone, but the best time we go for him is next year or wherever we're at and if we can get this guy in to fill the gap and we really go hell for leather for that guy next year then fine but it's got to be part of a wider plan it can't be just like you know sticking plaster because that doesn't really get us anywhere Sometimes in football though, opportunities just arise and I think this might be too good to turn down if it's a possibility Who, who are we going to get us better Tierney? I don't think I don't think we well, can do I know the, you can bring biggest, something to develop them like, I, no, I, no, I totally understand well, that Maybe it's both but my, my biggest concern is probably no one right but you can sign them and he can be injured because he's got a very yes. you know, serious injury Can happen to list. anybody. Yep. Well, no, but the evidence points to the amount yep. of games that he's missed over his career That's with fair. us and Arsenal. That's so it depends how his body goes through a medical. Um, but like you say, you know, he, he always shows up for Scotland and that's from not getting regular football. You know, he's, he's coming fairly cold and comes back fit. So maybe he's managed to get over these yeah. issues. The point's been made that it would seem extremely harsh on Bernabe and definitely Greg Taylor if Taylor just came in and went, thanks for keeping the jersey warm, I'll slot in. That's football. Of course it's football and, and, I, and I don't have any uh, real sympathy for that. It's just, as you say, it's football and that's how it works. And I've got to say, and, and somebody tried to debate it and I don't think it's a debate, Kieran Tierney is streets ahead of both Greg Taylor and Bernabe. As good as Taylor has been last season, Kieran is on a different level as a footballer. Oh, absolutely. It was somebody arguing that Greg Taylor... It's an argument of guy, to be fair. It's, it's Noel, was, our was, old pal. Was it Miff? No, no. no listen, <laughs> I, I think... What I, I would say, the good thing about it is, is that what Taylor is, is genuine competition for Tierney. Whilst Tierney is the better player, what you know you have in Greg Taylor is someone who can be relied upon to do... What he has to do and someone wants to wants to and, and, learn and, and develop and improve exactly he's got the hunger about him but he does want to learn he does want to develop himself I think he will be a Rodgers type player in that regard IDP um, so I think that they, they complement each other well and they've been complimentary about each other when speaking about each other in the press with regards to being away with Scotland and things like that as well so that doesn't really concern me I think both of them would keep each other honest and I think if Tierney did struggle with injury you would then have Taylor able to come in and, and play it's just it, I, I don't know I'm, I'm not comparing Tierney to Shane Duffy but you know the last big sort of season long loan there's no guarantees like there's never a guarantee somebody was going to you come also, in and fit the bill you can't anything on the Covid season geez Rangers won the league come on <sighs> strange things happen the other point though has been made that if Tierney comes in he plays particularly in the big games he'll play Champions League he'll play against Rangers and does that leave Greg Taylor knows out a joint for 12 months and then at the end of the 12 month loan spell you say thanks Kieran, all the best at Newcastle or back to Arsenal or whatever and you've then got a disgruntled Greg Taylor who's had a year of not you, great development if you want the boots, be the better player that's as simple as that but he's not the better player so he'd bench one for 12 months so it's, you've, you've just got to think about how that but, impacts but, him but, but whether it's now or next season if Greg Taylor's not going to be towards the levels of Kieran Tierney then he's not going to be a long term first team player for Celtic as simple as that some people think he already is Long term, first term, and he's, he's the not, answer. He's not there. I, I, I think. There. No, I think. And I think, I think he's think, been great. 
he's not there. I think I think he's very good. Yeah, I think he's he's an excellent player. But we're le- Tier- level up. I but for me Tierney's Tierney is a, le- a level above. But that said, I, I I wouldn't rule out Greg Taylor from further development. Not at, not all. at all. Yeah, especially yeah. under Rodgers. Exactly that under Rodgers. And whoever it is, there's coaches that we've had at Celtic Park that develop players and make them better, and we've you, definitely got one now. You've got to bear in mind, up until January, in, when he to take some time out injuries, Taylor was banging the door for Player of the Year, no doubt. Not my door. Anyway, I'll give you the Brendan Rodgers quotes on it. So he says, there's been lots of players linked here with me coming back. All I know is Kieran is like myself. We loved our time here. When I spoke to him down the road in the Premier League, every time we met up, all we talked about was Celtic. He's a Celtic man, but he's at a fantastic club in Arsenal. You can just never say never in football. Who knows what might happen? Now, that might just be Rodgers playing the game and bouncing off the question, or there might just be a wee bit of something in it. But I suppose you need to question, James, money always comes into it. And how feasible is it? So KT signed a new five-year deal at Arsenal in 2021. They earns him something in the region of 110 grand a week. So did the maths work out? Is it possible? Well, I think what Tierney's agent will be saying is, you know, if the deal isn't right for going to Newcastle, then you, know, you just keep paying him 110 grand a week. We're, we're quite happy with that, and that, that's fine. Or here's an option: Celtic will take 40 of that off you, and you're only paying him 70 grand a week. So it'll be something along those. It won't be anywhere near Tierney's wages, and there'll be no mad signing fees. It'll be cutting a bit of Arsenal's um, wage, wage, weekly wage. I mean, I really shudder to think what Rice is on. A week after paying nearly 110, do you know what I mean? Is Declan Rice a £100 million pound player, by the way? 105. 105. So, between Rice and Grealish, the two most expensive uh, English players that used to play in the Irish youth setup. Yeah, they represented Ireland. That's a separate debate altogether. Um, Rogers finished off his quotes by saying, We wouldn't be able to buy Kieran for 25 to 30 million, that's for sure. All the figures that I'm seeing bandied about. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be able to pay the huge salaries on either. However, one can never tell. So That's Roger saying, that there's the deal if you want it. There's something doing the rounds. But listen, just to close this one off, just a final question. I think you've already answered, but would you both like to see it happen if Celtic can find a way to get the deal done? I'm going to go yes, just because he's a brilliant player. Yeah. James, your answer and any downsides if it did happen? You've, got, you've solved your left-back problem with a Champions League quality player. Um I'm okay with this season, you know, just to kind of some thinking things through. I'm okay with this season being very, very short-term focused because you win that league and you'll be top dog in Scotland forever. It's over. That's the way I see this season. With this Champions, Champions League, League format. format. It's over. So in conclusion, bring them home. Bring them home. Make it happen. Okay, let's see how that goes. Uh, just some final pieces of news before we close out the show. So Celtic, as we spoke about last week, they're no longer going to South Korea, but they will still play Wolves in a pre-season friendly. It's now taking place in Dublin on Saturday, the 29th of July. Um, both of Celtic's games this week, so Yokohama Marinos on Wednesday, and I double-checked, Gamba Osaka is on Saturday, both at 11 o'clock Celtic part-time. They'll be shown on Celtic TV, and we'll also be putting on additional episodes to subscribers on the Celtic Exchange Plus, covering each of those games. If you aren't already signed up to the Celtic Exchange Plus, you can do so via the website at theceltichange.com. And finally, if you leaned on it, but I just want your firm opinion. As we've seen in some of the pre-season footage, Seat Haksabanovic is sporting a stunning oh. new blonde hairdo with Muff, a particularly big fan of oh. the look. Muff, anything to add on that or those other updates? Oh, I just fantastic. I mean, really, I spent a good portion of my holiday on the Sun Lounger just looking at that photo of the seven-a-side or the six-a-side winning team. Just, oh... He is a specimen. 
I think we retweeted it onto our timeline uh, a few days ago so you can see that and see what Muff's getting so excited about. James, the season nudge is ever closer and the big kickoff is now just two weeks on Saturday with that opener against Ross County. How are you feeling about it all at the minute? Just three weeks of blind panic, can't I wait? Three weeks of stressing, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> Uh, my final word goes to yourself Anything else to add As we look to round off This week's show No No um, I've come back Pre-season's upon us uh, It's just this Awkward part Where The players are back It's a bit of a, You know Phony war There's some players In the squad That won't be there There's some players Not there That should be there <laughs> Or hopefully will be there So let's just see What the coming weeks bring But the main thing is the stage that we've now entered into is that we will have the ability to watch Celtic those weeks where you don't get to watch them are barren, grim weeks. Yeah, we're nudging ever closer. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. Don't forget to visit our website at theceltichexchange.com where you can sign up for Celtic 321 and enjoy all of our additional content. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.